So as you kind of contemplate what's been happening, Morgan comes to you, lays hands on both of you and says, I think that this midnight oil has been burned too brightly. I think that we must get at least a little rest before we prepare to talk to Tiamat. Yes. Uh, Talk with Tiamat. (laughs) I think a rest is a good idea. Gavor tries walking off to his resting place, wherever that is. <laughs> he, he finds a, a stall with some hay and just collapses. Remember, you're you're underground right now, actually. Okay, he doesn't. He finds a big patch of dirt and collapses, or whatever. Yeah, he just literally walks to a corner and just passes out. Rest sounds good, Morgan. <laughs> have have watches been set? Um, are we secure? Yes, we have. We have plenty, plenty of watchful eyes here. Everyone is taking shifts. Some of us do not also need to get rest, but um, we will definitely make sure that even the ones that don't necessarily need the rest get a little bit of a break from the seeing eyes of whoever may be lurking. Okay. Um, I will... Uh... I will attempt to get some rest. Yes, please see. See that you do, Father. I feel for in not long a time, we will be needing all the strength we have. He just like kind of slow nods. And if, if she walks away, he like he watches her for a long minute. Right, because like she just came back, but now like it's you know one more time into the breach. So like, <laughs> yeah, who the fuck knows what's gonna happen tomorrow? Mm-hmm. So so much like Cravoy, he just tries to find kind of a dark and quiet corner, like as an adventurer, right? Like you sleep outside, you sleep in dungeons, you you know sleep in caves. Like it's he hasn't done it in a long time, and it feels kind of weird, but. Yeah, like it, it's it's kind of old territory for him. So <laughs> that's true. But, you know, like after five or ten minutes, I think he you know probably zonks out. Yeah, and as Selenar, well, we've talked about this before. You you don't really need sleep, right? You would he needs to meditate, meditate yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's it's so weird having to deal with this kind of thing. But <laughs> as you kind of meditate, you kind of you know it almost feels like you are in a deep sleep also and you dream you feel like you are back is it far reach is that the one is that was that your town i think far reach was mine because uh was fear's end right that's right yep and then quiet further was the other one okay perfect so you wake up and you're at you're in this almost watercolor neon-esque far reach everything feels like it's kind of floating it's very angelic it feels very just kind of otherworldly almost and you are at home you are sitting in your favorite chair you look to your left to see that where Cravoy had once slept bed that he lay in is empty but also you can tell is used it's got like one of the one of the sides is a little bit more lower than the other because it's just wear and tear of a of a big 
big uh, gentleman in a smaller bed. It's not quite made great for him, but... And you smell like a sweet honey lavender tea. And you turn to look for the smell, and you see... Uh, you see Sarah Gwen standing there. And she is not saying anything to you. She's just grabbing the tea off the off the fire and pouring it into a couple of glasses and bringing them over to you. Like, I think he's lost in the moment initially. Like, I don't think that he thinks he's dreaming, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just, like, he, it's exactly that. He's home and she's there and it's, you know, a normal night. She's making some tea. You know, we're getting ready to not necessarily settle in for the night, but, you know, it's kind of like sit by the fire and maybe talk or, yeah, you know, do whatever. So he just, you know, he smiles at her, you know, and, you know, just like appreciates the, you know, the, like the normalness of it, right? Yeah. Like it's just another, another night. Yeah. And she brings you your cup of tea. She sits down in the chair next to you and you both kind of stare into the fire and the fire burns a bright green. And as you're kind of looking into the fire, your your eyes kind of just kind of glue to it, and you see glimpses of Tiamat's egg kind of come into view, come out of you, come into view, come out of you. I think like the flames <laughs> change like to like a like a that ember that emerald sort of green color. Like there's hints of that green that sort of come up with it. That's right. And so Sarah Gwen looks to you and says, how are you feeling? And, and he looks over to her and, you know, kind of puts his hand on her hand and says, um, I'm tired. She inclines her head to you and she says, yes, you've been through, you've been through quite a bit, my love. I am very disappointed in myself that I was not around enough to help you through the things that you've seen. And like he, like you know, kind of screws his face up a little bit. He says, "What? What do you mean? You, you cannot fault yourself for anything. I, you, you, you were there for us. We. I, I don't understand. And like, like I think at that point, like the disconnect starts to happen. Like." wait a minute, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and, the, and the fire starts to grow, like, more green. And, like, she gets more intense, right? Like, the, the feeling of the whole thing gets more intense. Maybe her grip gets a little tighter, you know what I mean? Like, it's that, like, that moment in a horror movie where everything just sort of shifts. Not that it's a horror movie, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah, that, that cinematic sort of trope. For sure. And she she looks to you and like even though you're you're there's a a horror in your eyes she says don't don't worry my love this is not this is just us being us for now it could be something that we you and I connect very soon I, I don't I don't understand I. What, what what is happening? Where, where am I? Where where is this? Is this Morgan's 
Return, she, she's come back. I mean, I, there's there's been so much that has happened. I... She looks at you and she says, all of the things that you know are pulling apart. And they're very much hanging by a thread. I don't want to see anything happen to you or Morrigan or any of your family for that matter but unfortunately many obstacles are stacked against you the very gods themselves more than you would know and she even though this is a weird like dream state kind of moment and you don't know really know exactly where you are you see a tear come from her eye and it sparkles almost like a diamond as it rolls down her cheek and it hits her it hits the floor he gets real close to her and like you know it takes his thumb and sort of like wipes her you know cheek like gets real and close to her and you know kind of like holds her head yeah and she stares like very intensely in your eyes and she says fight for the love that you've had for me fight for the love that you have in your heart for your family because once you have no fight left then everything is doomed like I think he just pulls her in close you know into an embrace kind of you know head on his shoulder and just hugs her fiercely like that they have this moment whether it's real or not that she's here with him or he's with her you know whatever is going on right yeah yeah for sure and you you know as you're doing this you feel this almost burden or weight off your shoulders and you feel not refreshed almost but like you feel like some like a lot of weight yeah like a lot of weight has been taken off of your life basically and as you hold your former wife close you fade into a slumber again i think like the the scene is like you know she you know like moves away from him, you know, not like pushes him back, but like she writes herself and kind of like, you know, caresses his cheek and then she starts to fade and then he's, you know, starts to fall back to sleep kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. <clears throat> okay. So then, uh, you know, as you two kind of get your rest, you are, um, gently awoken both of you by Morrigan. And, and when she wakes him, he like half turns and says, Saradwin? You know, oh. before opening his eyes to see Morrigan. <laughs> and then he's like completely disoriented because she <laughs> looks like her mom, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, like he just like his eyes bug out and he kind of like shakes himself. Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of like holds, holds the, she kind of holds the side of your face and she goes, oh, Oh, Father, I hope it was a pleasant dream. 
I don't know if it was a dream or not. She was, she was with me <laughs> last night. Um, as you are now, it, yeah, it she, seems. She kind of like doesn't giggle, but kind of gets one of those like really soft laughs, and she goes, "I have, I have seen her too in my dreams, and I, it, it feels so real. I miss her so much." Like, like he stands and then just hugs her. Yeah. And she can't help it. She, she breaks down a little bit. You know, you can tell with all that's been going on, she's been through hell and back. So, you know, <laughs> she has to, she has to, you know, get out some of that angst, some of that sadness. And she does. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think, uh, Selenar does as well. Yeah. And then you hear a, a, uh, uh, some soft footsteps you hear a clear, a clear of the throat. <clears throat> um, I'm sorry that I have to interrupt, but we have to come up with a strategy just in case our meeting with Tiamat is to go awry. And you see rock standing there with soft eyes. Uh, yes. Uh, of course. Uh, of course. Okay, so you kind of go to the middle of this. There's like a table set up, and there's some uh, different people that are sat around it. So, like, there's, uh, I'll just say now, there's you and Cravoy and Rockdamon and Morgan and Martine and Queen Flubnalia and Glathul and some of these. Who's the stoner? Who's the stoner dude? <laughs> That that's that's Gartool. Gartool. Yeah, yeah, I knew I knew it was something similar. I couldn't think of what the hell. It yeah, was. yeah. And some of the uh, some of the dark elves are Drum. around the table. Yeah. Yep. And they say, uh, Glathul is kind of pointing at certain things. They've got some stuff set up. So they're like, Glathul says, to the west, there is a forest with a little outcropping. He says, the meeting should be here. You, Cravoy, and Selenar, and I should meet in the middle. Meanwhile, and he points around the trees, he says, the DPA should be set up in the trees, out of sight. And then he says, my brothers and sisters will be in the mountains. And he points kind of like, Westish, just kind of off to the forest there, and it says uh, where they will be hiding to get my signals uh, should something go awry. And then he says, and then underneath he says there are two cavern hallways that go underneath this outcropping, and if need be, can attack from underneath. He says, hopefully none of this will be needed, but I think that precautions should be taken. Of course, that is that is most wise. He says it's going to take some time to get people armored up, set up, ready to go. We should make sure that this meeting takes place in the, uh, let's just say like, Early afternoon, we'll say. 
Have you been able to locate Tiamat? He says, I have talked to my brothers and sisters. They have located Tiamat. She is actually not very far from here. Hence, I have not communicated with her as of yet. I just wanted to make sure that we were prepared before this meeting. We should have our um, people in place before making contact. That way, perhaps they may be able to move in unmolested and unseen. Yes, of course. I do agree. I don't think that... So right now, it's probably like, not early morning, but kind of late-ish morning or whatever. And he says, um, I think that we should make our preparations very soon. She is uh, one of your kin. How do you think she will feel about a parlay? I think that out of the little respect she has for other beings, I think that if it were to come from us, it would be more of a welcome sight than it would be if just you two were to initiate it, unfortunately. Do you, based on what Rockdamon told us last evening, do you believe that it's possible that she's being manipulated by the, the mute the silence, by the ethereals in this matter to destroy the planes? He kind of thinks a little bit and he says, I do not trying to think of what, he, what I'm trying to say here. He says, I don't discount it, but to tell you the truth, I don't know for sure. I feel that this ethereal presence could really affect any one of us if we're not careful. But again, lots of what I have heard about the ethereals is through storybooks. Nothing I've seen with my own eyes. I guess we'll have to take our chances then. I guess that we will. We hold no chips with which we could bargain with her. We kind of do, though. That egg. And Oh, yes, the egg. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like little... we should just... Because that's going to be a thing. And, uh... You know, maybe this is a little too rash, but we probably should just dis- destroy it, right? I I assume Glathul gets all fucking worked up because we know <laughs> that it's like a yeah. No, I know. I don't like saying this, but also that's what she wants. <laughs> yeah, Gl- Glathul kind of looks at Cravoy, and he, you see a look on his face you've never seen before. It's a very much a quick anger look. And he looks to you and says, if one of your kin were to be offered up, be offered up for slaying, would you accept that? That'd be a tough thing to answer because all of my kin are slain. Did you? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he he I says, have no kin, brah. Uh, he he says uh, he looks at you a little bit more inquisitive and says, "Was it by your hand?" Ooh, that's a tough question. Uh, I certainly blame myself. 
Well, that is not answering the question. He he, and then all of a sudden a thought comes <laughs> in. Right, we his... fight. We fight right <laughs> yeah, now. Exactly. <laughs> Throw down. It's the old. Uh, the enemies must fight yeah. before they become friends. Kamoy <laughs> wasn't trying to be shitty with this. But no, it was more I like, get it. Hey, we have the thing. You have the thing. We no, remove we get the it. thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, he kind of no, looks no at offense. you. He kind of looks at you and says, "But what of what of this Rockdamon? He is." Of uh, technically not of your kin, but you have sworn allegiance to keep him alive. That's true. Yep. Ha ha! He says no. <laughs> Damn it! You got you got me again. <laughs> I rest my case. Sustained. <laughs> I oh, have crafty. been defeated. He's very crafty. <laughs> yeah, I've been on this earth for many of years. I yes. know how to trick you. <laughs> you know, that's just it. Uh, I'm. I like to remove things that can complicate scenarios, but you are, you know, it was, it was just a thought, but you're right. Yeah. He, he, he looks at you with kinder eyes and he says, unfortunately, that is not a quick fix. That is more of a problem. Yes. Maker than a po- problem solution. Well, well, we're not, well, Rockdemon's not dying either. <laughs> <laughs> not if we can help it. Oh, and um, we will help it. Yeah. So, so all of this is related to everyone and stuff like that. So everybody has their positions and has their, their ideas of what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And kind of, so you, they say it's probably going to take, you know, a few hours, maybe two hours, two or three hours in the, in the morning or whatever to get to where you're actually at to be set up. So since you're going to be editing all this anyway, mm-hmm. I think when Glothul and the other dragons took the egg, mm-hmm. and they could feel it, and by you know telepathy or whatever, I could also feel the dragon within the egg. I think if I remember mm-hmm. that right, yes. it was a it was a, a bronze dragon, wasn't it, or a copper dragon? Copper dragon. Egg? Copper. Okay. I knew I knew it was a golden color. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. And then I can't remember if I made a check. Did we did we say the coppers we thought were good? I mean, I guess Galatul could probably just say, right? Yes, technically they're cha- they're chaotic, chaotic good. Okay. But again, I don't like to, I don't like to say like one is good, one is bad, that kind of thing. Normally right, right, with those, but they'll have their own yes. potential for whatever. Correct, you betcha. Yeah. I don't like to handcuff any species in this. Yep, yep. Um, did we ever make checks on Tiamat? Again, I feel like it's kind of shitty to just be like, so Glathul, like, what's what's your fucking deal, right? Like, what's what you want? Because, yeah. like, I'm old, but I don't know that he necessarily would know anything about Tiamat, right? Like, yes, gods are real, you know, all that kind of stuff and whatever, but, like, I don't you know, she's an evil dragon deity. I don't necessarily think that he would know anything. Yeah, you could always, you could definitely always do that. Okay. I mean, I, I, when we're ready to go back to it, I guess as we're, you know, sort of yeah. having this meeting to discuss plans on how this is all going to go, I, then I think he probably brings it up then. So, yeah, you guys start heading to the spot you were going to be. I was going to ask him up. about what's your name? I know, I know. I'm just saying that as a. Now you can do it. <laughs> All right, so as they're preparing, you know, Selenar just sort of like sidles up next to Glothul and he's like, 
I, I mean, we know that the Tiamat is evil. But what is her, what is her end design? I mean, what, what do you know of her plans and schemes? I mean, you have lived much longer than I, and I am old myself. Uh, I, I, I cannot say that I understand the ways of dragons uh, or the, the length of time, plans within plans, wheels within wheels. Uh, what do you believe she wishes to gain? He is kind of pensive for a bit and kind of thinks how to tell you what he's about to tell you. And he says, I think that what she may be thinking at present may be different than how she once was. Yes, back the tales tell of her and her, for lack of a better word, heyday. She was the queen of the dragons. She wanted to take rule over the worlds, but not in a not in a hand that crushes the peons under her fist, but in a ever encompassing worship me and my beliefs, or I will scorch the earth. We, we have encountered many men like that. Yes, it is unfortunate that people think that when they have this all-encompassing power that they can use it in such a way to bully and put fear into other beings into doing their bidding. But what I have heard of recently is that with her being imprisoned in the nine hells and with this abduction of her kin and maybe even in a sense the influence of these ethereals her mood has changed she is a little softer a little more thoughtful but do not think for one moment that that hard outside edge has softened in any way. Perhaps she can then be reasoned with if indeed she has changed even but a little. We may not be able to make peace in a sense that she stops her scheming, but at least perhaps she would join with us against the ethereals to set this plane to right. And Glothul looks at Selenar and says, if I did not think it was possible, we would not be setting off on this path. Indeed. Well, we have uh, <laughs> dealt with many gods in the, the last little while. We are but pawns in the game. If she truly wished us dead. I doubt there is very little that we could do to stop her. And he he kind of looks off into the distance and he says, 
I think that no matter who we are, human, elf, gods, I think we are all pawns in the greater scheme of things. We get, for we can all find our way to that bitter end. I, I don't disagree. And even if the gods stand against us, uh, we must fight for what is right and good. Uh, and if the world is to fall, to be made undone, then let it not be said that it is because we lack the strength of will or the courage to try. And he kind of just, he has no more to say <laughs> to that. He just nods his head in agreement and you continue on to your destination. 